Hey Lattice Podcasters, I thought I would record you a special episode today which really deals with a few issues that I've seen crop up with route climbers and how they take on their endurance climbing or endurance training. And I wanted to record this one in particular because it's that time of year now where quite a lot of people are doing their base endurance work, ready for the springtime when temperatures get better, conditions get better. And they might be getting out on either red pointing or on sighting uh, projects or trips. So this episode is really for all of you to let you know what I see as being three common mistakes which often occur with the endurance training that people do and the preparation that they do uh, for those seasons each year. And this is all the way across the grades, across all different kind of um, types and styles of route climbing. And they're very, very common issues. So I wanted to go through these really to give you some good kind of wholesome takeaways to look at your own training and check that you're not doing any of these things. So first off is that out of these three key things, one is or number one is the training intensity and volume that you work your endurance. So I see too many people basically training at just one intensity and volume. So what I mean by that is that they do their endurance sessions and they go, right, I'm going to do my endurance sessions on 5.11 or 6B plus or 6C or whatever it might be. And then they just hammer out nearly all their endurance sessions at that intensity and then at however many sets and reps they do that. So the volume in the sessions because it's doable and it feels like to them that they're getting an endurance improvement, which of course is true. But I think this really doesn't capitalize on the fact that endurance gains and adaptations that you'll see can be much more beneficial all the way across the volume, intensity, energy system spectrum, uh, also some of the work capacity elements. If you take a three prong approach with this, and I definitely see this as being for the vast majority of people the best way to address your endurance training for each season so rather than looking at just one intensity or volume what you want to do is break your endurance training into three different zones really and if we kind of class them as levels one to five because uh, they're kind of the easiest to understand and you want to do a certain amount of your training right down in zone one or level one, which you can class as being very, very easy. This is the kind of training where you you can easily have a conversation with people. You might even be doing foot on the floor traversing. You probably feel like you could go on for half an hour, an hour continuously, and you're really not going to have any level of um, pump. Um, so no chance of failure whatsoever. So this is the really the lowest level. Then the next zone or level you want to train in is the one that kind of sits right in the middle. And this is what we often would class as threshold climbing or threshold training um, and is low end uh, power endurance training or high end endurance training. And this you would typically think of as being just about in control. You've got a pump for sure, but you're continually shaking it out and you're kind of just getting control of the situation uh, all the way through, so moderating that pump. So it's not super intense, but it's also definitely not a cruise. And that's the one which actually you want to do the most of, 
as you're leading into your power endurance phases. So that's the one you want to kind of like leave um, aside from the after you've done the base level one zone one work, that continuity work. Um, and then the other one to complement that middle zone is your level four zone four type training, which is your blend between aerobic anaerobic interval training. And this is the one where you're breaking all of your sets and reps up into lots of little manageable chunks. So the intensity is actually pretty high, but you're making the recovery really quite good. You're able to get back into the sessions because you're only working for one or two minutes at a go. And then you might be taking one, two, three minutes rest and then coming back and continually working at that set intensity. But it's definitely not at maximum. We're not talking about level five here, you know, max bouldering capability. We're coming back off that level. So I kind of say that depending on the level of the climber that you are and how experienced you are, think of it as being something which cannot be any higher than your flash grade of bouldering um, in terms of sequences that you see on that climbing. Um, it's a, there's a little bit of nuance in that depending on how experienced you are as a climber, but that's what you're looking at. So think of that as three zones in total for your endurance training. That level one, that very, very easy stuff, mid-level around three threshold just about in control and then that four where you have to break it up into little chunks little intervals so that's area one that i see a lot of people making it as mistakes with area two is only training your endurance on just one angle or surface of wall i've seen this so many times that someone's really psyched for their season uh, outdoors or to go away on a trip and when you look at what they do and their performance on rock outside, then you'll notice that they're climbing on 20 degree overhanging rock, let's say, for example. And then you went back into their training or the preparation season and they were continually climbing on vertical terrain, for example, or always on massive jugs on really steep terrain when they were doing bouldering links or it might actually just be in a wall where they've got a really steep wall. And I think this is a mistake for a big part, a big section of the climbing community, because basically they go for convenience. They just look at a wall area, which is convenient and easy for them to get on, or they're just familiar with that type of terrain and they're used to that training habit. And they don't look at the specificity element. They don't go, right, well, what am I trying to perform on here? I'm going on 20 degree rock outside, which can be hard sport climbing for me. Clearly, at that angle, you're going to have a certain type of movement. You're going to have a certain type of hold size, sometimes also hold shape. And you need to get that specificity element back into that endurance preparation you do each year. So I think that's really important to get that right. Um, and it's one that I, even with a lot of clients that I've worked with over the years, I have to complete, you know, drum that in and say it time and time again. You've got to make sure that you get that specificity and that transfer element right otherwise you won't get as good results um, on real rock number three in terms of um, key areas is how you manage your deload week so those are those rest weeks in your training mesocycle so you might be working two or three hard weeks and then you're having that deload rest week and the mistake that people often do is that they drop the volume a bit but they massively reduce the intensity in the week because they're tired and they feel like they've got to drop all the intensity as well. And this in general is a mistake. 
what you want to be doing on your deload or rest weeks from high volume training is you want to be dropping the volume element to it. You don't want to be dropping all of the intensity element of it. A good reason for this is that when you have those high volume training cycles, you often de-recruit um, on the highest levels of power and strength. So these deload weeks can actually be really good intervals of training where you can put in some higher quality work and re-recruit, rework that higher strength element, that quality work within your training cycles to try and mitigate against some of those losses in strength or power that you see through those high training volume cycles. So that's another really key thing to get right during those training cycles. Um, and one that I see, I think it's intuitive. You, you feel like you're tired, so you just want to cut everything out. But that's that's not the way. Um, and I would definitely encourage people to experiment with that and try that out on their deload weeks. Um, and also it's important to remember that this takes time to get right. And I think the whole deload thing is a bit of a a, a black art that takes time to to get right. And it's just, it's tricky. Uh, you kind of just slowly find it with time, seasons, years. And I wouldn't expect with any athlete, whether they're working with themselves or with a coach, to nail this just within a few months. This could take a year to get your deload weeks just right and really understanding how your body responds to that. So I hope you found all of those three uh, areas there that I wanted to kind of go through with you all useful um, in terms of your endurance training um, and you're looking forward to your uh, seasons coming up this year. Don't forget that um, a lot of this stuff, you can get additional feedback from us in our Lattice 365 groups where we have uh, you know, a coach uh, or we have multiple coaches in there. We have um, a nutritionist. We have a physio. Um, it's essentially unlimited um, online support all the way through the year where you can get access to Lattice 365. Um, there's also discounts within that group and, of course, the webinar library as well. So I'd really like to encourage any of you listening that have enjoyed this kind of stuff and this kind of discussion um, is that this is the kind of stuff that we put out there in Lattice 365 to really help complement either your own self-coach work or maybe work that you're doing with us with light plans, home training plans or fingerboard plans where you haven't got that coach contact. Um, and don't forget to listen to all of our other podcasts. Oh, and we would love, we would absolutely love reviews. That really, really helps us turn up in the podcast rankings. Um, and so I would really, really appreciate it if you can just take one minute of your time to write us a little review. It'd be totally awesome. Um, and uh, hopefully you enjoy these and you find them useful. Um, so you'll give us a good review. But anyway, thanks for listening. And we will hopefully hear or have a presentation for you again very soon.